The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, so let's get then into our, our final conversation for this hour at least. Many people uh, who are on the job market often being told about a bond pre-approval process. Well, what exactly is it and how do you get pre-approved for um, you know, a particular house that you might be looking at or a particular property that you might be looking into? Carl Kutzia is on the line. He's the CEO of Better Bond. Carl, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Hi, good morning, Cathy. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about the process of getting pre-approved for a home loan. What does it, how does it work? Cathy, yeah, I say, you know, I always term the, the pre-approval as so much your license to go buy. And um, I think any, any, any buyer out there who wants to go buy a home should get pre-approved. What does that mean? Um, when we do a pre-approval for you, we take all the factors that are important um, for the bank to consider when they're granting your home loan. For instance, um, we look at your, your credit score, so make sure that your, you know, all your accounts are paid up um, and your, your financial standing is in good order, so your credit score can be good. We look at that, we look at your, um, your income and expenses, and we see how much you can afford. And from that data, we then calculate you know, what is the price band with, that, that you can afford, and we then issue you with that pre-approval certificate. So I think it's critical, you know, for, for buyers out there because it also shows how serious you are. Um, and if I can maybe just add one, one more thing, I think, the, the, and I've recently gone and, and bought a house, and I think, you know, one of the, the big things that you must watch out for is if you go look for a house and you don't know how much you can afford, mm. you might look at a house that is a little bit more than you can, can, can afford, and then your dreams will be shattered if you if you can't buy that house. So that is why a pre-approval is so is so important. Mm. And and effectively, you know, when you are pre-approved for a particular home loan, does it automatically say that you're going to get the financing for that home? And um, Kathy, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee you that you will get that financing for the for your home. But in, in our case, there's a 95% chance that you will. Now, why is there a little bit of a drop-off? So obviously, we take all your, all your financial um, um, position into account, but it might be that something changes between when you, when you do the pre-approval um, and when you apply for the actual home loan with the bank, um, and the bank might decline it based on if you had more debt or anything into that, to that effect. But it is 95% um, guaranteed, um, but not 100%, that's for sure. So what happens if my financial position changes um, between the point that I've been pre-approved versus when I actually make an offer to purchase a home? Okay, I think one of the key things when, when applying for a home loan is your affordability. Mm-hmm. So the bank would look at how much is your expenses, your income and your expenses, and then calculate, obviously, your disposable income. If, for instance, um, between the pre-approval and when you actually apply for the home loan, you go and you um, get a personal loan or you buy a vehicle, then that position of yours changes. Mm-hmm. So the bank will then look at it and say, well, now you can't afford a million rand home, but you can only afford maybe 800,000 rand, and that is why um, it, it, it will change in that, in that instance. One of the big things when it comes to affordability, Carl, is that oftentimes people want to try and stretch to the max of what the bank has said um, they qualify for. Talk to us about some of the dangers of, of actually doing that. 
Kathy, yeah, and I think it's a very good point. So definitely, you know, what, what we do on a pre-approval, we show you the different interest rates. So now interest rates obviously is key for us in terms of your repayment amount on your, on your mortgage. Um, and on the pre-approval um, that we issue, we give you a, um, a couple of points of where the interest rate might be. We know currently, and we've sort of experienced very low interest rates um, during, the, during the pandemic, but we are in an upward trend with interest rates. And we saw the Reserve Bank um, hiking rates in the past couple of, of months, and we expect them to, to hike that um, a little bit going forward as well. So when you buy at your limit, um, you might be able to uh, afford a thousand rand now for your home, but in you know by the end of the year the interest rate might go up. Typically, the South African bonds are linked to the interest rate, and then you'll pay higher for your home, and that is where the danger comes in that you might not be able to afford your home, or that you will have to cut back on other expenses to be able to afford that home. So my advice would always be: don't buy at your max and rather look at it to, to buy a little bit lower so that you know when the interest rate might, might go up that you can afford that home. I, I see that part of the advice that you also give, and it's an interesting one. You say that if you've been pre-approved, um, you should avoid changing jobs. But what if my next job is going to allow me to afford the house I want? Um, you know, why, why do you caution people against that? Yeah, so it's not it's not necessarily um, changing jobs. So obviously, if you change jobs for for higher income, you know that's always always welcomed, and that would mean that you can afford a little bit more because you would have a higher income. However, the bank would need to look at it for for a period of time. So, again, my advice is if you change jobs at a higher premium or at a higher income, um, wait around three months so that your income can show in your account and that the bank can be comfortable about your new about your new salary. Um, so it's not really around, around changing jobs. It's really about that stability of that job and making sure the bank feels comfortable with that. What do you find are often uh, the common reasons why people um, do, are not successful in, in their applications, particularly for uh, pre-approval? Kathy, yeah, the, I think the main reason is um, your credit score. So obviously, you want to make sure your credit score is a reflection of how you, how you conduct your finances. And that is an essence. How do you pay your accounts? So if you have a credit card, if you have any furniture accounts or clothing accounts, make sure that you pay that on time and in full because that affects your credit score. And if you have a low credit score, um, the bank would feel uncomfortable in terms of, of lending you the money and therefore your pre-approval might not be approved. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest biggest elements to watch out for, to make sure your financial position is in good standing. And once you, you have received the certificate, um, this pre-approval uh, certificate, how does that Im- empower you then in the process of, of getting uh, a house? And how are you, are you able to negotiate better if you have been pre-approved? Kathy, I think you can definitely negotiate better. I think what this pre-approval does, it obviously gives you the certainty that you can afford it and that you would qualify, potentially qualify. But what it does also, if, if you go to your, your local real estate agent, um, you they can show them you've got a pre-approval. They then feel certain that, that they know which price bracket of house they can show you that you can afford. But what it also does, it gives, when you, when you get to a house that you like, the seller might see that in a very positive light because they know that you can afford the house 
and that will make sure, that will make sure that you are well. It will show that you are serious about about this purchase, and that you will definitely qualify. Now, that could also allow you to to negotiate maybe a better price with the seller, um, and and so you can just benefit out of the whole transaction. And of course, the other thing that often people forget about, which is really significant when they're in the process of looking for a home, is um, the transaction costs, how much it's going to cost to actually um, transfer those properties, etc. Yeah, that's correct. So very important. So when you when you go out and you go buy a home, I think it's very important that you use one of you know one of the online calculators. Definitely on our site, there's one that will calculate on the purchase price of your home what your transfer duty. So there's there's two costs that you will that you will typically pay. One is the transfer costs um, that, that that you pay depending on the value of the home, and the other cost is your bond registration costs, and that is to to register your bond at at the deeds office. And um, my again, my my advice to to buyers out there would be make sure you understand that cost upfront. Mostly, the banks doesn't don't finance those costs, so you would, would need to have that that money um, as cash, and that is payable when your house transfers into your name. We're in conversation with Carl Kutzia, the CEO of Better Bond. We're talking about understanding the pre-approval process, particularly for a home loan. If you've got any specific questions for Carl, you can call in on 011-714-2006. That's the studio line for this morning. I'll also take some of your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And, and, and Carl, just to, just to understand, you know, if if one doesn't have enough money for the transfer costs, can that be negotiated? So can you still go through the process of buying a house while you are still working out how to pay for those costs? But there are many ways. Unfortunately, that cost is not negotiable because it's it is it is a, a a fee that we pay obviously, uh, you know, for, for the transfer, so it's not negotiable. However, there are many ways of, of trying, to, trying to make sure that you have that funds available. Obviously, the preferred method is to, is to save up, up a little bit beforehand to make sure you have that cash available, or in some cases, the banks um, will give what we call a 105% loan, so meaning if you buy for a million rand, they, they will give you the million rand, but they will also cover your, um, they will also, um, cover your cost. It doesn't happen happen often. It depends on, again, on your on your credit worthiness. It depends on the price bracket that you buy in. So many so many reasons why why we would do that. Um, and the other way, of, obviously, of doing it is getting it through a personal loan potentially and um, through your bank. Um, so you know, depending on the amount, and um, you would need to look at all those all those um, possibilities before you make that. Um, uh, decision. Yeah, so certainly something to really be mindful of. Let me take Dumi in Kimberley. Dumi, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You're calling specifically on this issue? Yes, yes, mm. yes. I've, I've been listening to what Carl uh, really sharing. It's very interesting. But my question, it will be, since well now that, uh, let me make an example. I had uh, that, say, in the past five years, and then I closed all of my accounts. And everything that I've been buying, it's cash. So I've never had an account, even my cars, I don't own any car. But now, if or now I want to apply for a bond, um, why is it a problem that I don't have any accounts, though 
I've, I'm trying to play safe instead of having a lot of debit orders into my into my account. Hi, Dunia. That's a very good question, and it's sort of. You know, what, what happens is, obviously, with your credit score, so, I mean, firstly, well done on, on paying everything off. But I think where the challenge comes in for consumers is if you don't, if, you, if, you don't, if you're paying everything cash and there's no sort of evidence on your account that you are able to pay your, your accounts on time, then that, unfortunately, also negatively affects your, 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 your credit score because there's, no, there's almost no history of you and how you conduct your, your, your financial matters. So unfortunately, in that case, it could it could um, play against you. Although paying it up is a is a is a is a obviously a benefit. Again, I think you know working with some bond specialists, um, we can obviously obviously motivate to the bank around you know any other um, maybe stuff you pay, maybe insurance that you pay that we can see you pay that on time, and we can still try and secure that that home loan. Oh, okay. So so is it advisable probably to have one account? Say even if I pay hundred rand a, a month, you know, just to check the credit score, is it advisable to do so? It will be advisable to do so. Yes, do. Okay, okay. Thank you so much, Carl. All uh, right, thank uh, you. All right, to me, all of the best. Right. Eh? Thank you, thank you. All right, to me, out in Kimberley. Well, we're going to stay in Kimberley. Tsepo, good morning. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Um, I just Kevin. Uh, I only have one question, a quick one, uh, to your guest. Why, why is it that uh, when the uh, pre-approval is done, they do it at a certain rate, uh, interest rate, and most of the time you find that it's a standard interest rate. But uh, when, they, uh, when, the, when they offer you the loan, they, will, they would offer you at a different interest rate. Let's say maybe the pre-approval is done at 7%, but the, uh, when they offer you the loan, they would offer you the loan at an interest rate of 9%. Doesn't that like um, go against the concept of pre-approval, which is like to determine if the person will be able to afford uh, to pay for the loan? And Sepo, just double checking: would this be in a cycle where the interest rate has increased or not? Ah, uh, sorry. So, so I'm saying, you know, when when you've been pre-approved at seven percent, um, mm. and your offer is at nine percent, is it because the interest rates have gone up, or there's been no change in the interest rate? No, um, I think I think usually they 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 I think usually they use the a standard interest rate uh, for pre-approval, and then the interest rate differs like from person uh, to person depending on the person's. Um, mm like ability to repay the loan. I don't know what they check this. I don't know what they check. Oh, all right. Um, All right, Seppo. Let let me get Carl to come in. Carl? Yeah, thanks, um, Seppo. So when you do a pre-approval, the only, well, the one element that we can't determine 100% is what is the actual interest rate that will be granted by the bank. So in the pre-approval, we make sure that you can afford it. We make sure that your, 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 um, your credit score is intact and make sure that there's a higher chance of a approval. Now, what we do in our pre-approval certificates, we give you four options of four different interest rates that might um, transpire when the bank finally approves it. But because all the banks have different, what we call in, in, our, in our industry, scorecards, meaning how they judge you as, as an individual, they will then determine what your final, and based, based on a lot of factors, obviously, they will then determine what your final 
um, uh, interest rate will be on that on that bond. That is why we give you a range, and we can't determine that right up front when we do a pre-approval. Mm. Okay, but but uh, um, but when 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 you collect information to do the pre-approval, you 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 ask uh, like you get information uh, regarding the person's finances, like how much they spend on what. So shouldn't that be able to uh, to tell you already? Um, um, shouldn't that be able to give you the final interest rate? Like, what else? What else is there other than the information that you submit uh, when you do the pre-approval? What else is there that uh, that changes uh, your like the what is it, the interest rate that you determine for for the person? Yeah, Chipo. Unfortunately, you know. Um, as I mentioned, so the, so the banks use different criteria and use very, very detailed analysis when they finally approve your bond. Um, from a bond originator point of view, we can't determine that right up front. Um, and again, that's why we give you that range, just to give you an idea of where, where we think this will, this will play out. Um, and again, you know, because that information is very sensitive to each bank, um, you know, it's not disclosed to anyone, or you know, the bank uses that as they, as you know, as the way they they want to build um, on on their books, and therefore, you know, it's it's quite impossible for us to determine the exact rate in a pre-approval. It's only done by the bank at approval stage. Mm. No, okay. All okay. right. All right, Sepo. I hope that that helps you out. Sepo out yes. in Kimberley. We've also come uh, to the end of our segment for today.